Hello, and welcome to another episode of your favourite football podcast and mine, Tinker Talk. I'm Josh Andrews, and as ever, I'm joined by the left foot of Podolsky to my right foot of Podolsky, Matthew David. Hello. Hello. Um, before we start, our thoughts go out to everyone affected by the attacks in Westminster for today. I think I'll just leave that there. Yeah. Yeah. That being said, Matthew, England squad, what did you make of it? I think there were some positives about it, and I think there were also equally some, some things I'm not so keen on personally. Um, I liked that Southgate's kind of brought up players that he trusted with the under-21s, like Ward-Prowse and Redmond. Um, I don't particularly understand Livermore being in there. Um, Defoe, again, makes sense. Vardy, I don't quite understand either based on form but I think we'll discuss why people are picked and why we think they should be picked later sure um no but I think for the most part it was a it was a pretty decent squad selection it was it was almost as good as he could have done what do you think um I was a bit surprised by one particular omission that being Theo Walcott of course um the thing that surprises me most about it is it's not so much that he hasn't been picked, it's that Chamberlain was picked and he wasn't, considering that Walcott's probably been in a better vein of form in the last few weeks especially than Chamberlain. Yeah, I think, even more importantly, Walcott's been scoring goals. I think he's, apart from Defoe, I think he's scored more goals than Vardy and Rashford this season, so it doesn't, doesn't really make sense as exclusion to me anyway. Yeah, uh, I'm not totally certain about this, but I would wouldn't be too off by saying that he's probably had less appearances, certainly less minutes. Um, I than Vardy, yeah, but I think the Rashford, uh, he's probably had more. Fair, but Rashford's you know a young young starlet anyway, so you'd want someone like Rashford to be picked for the England squad. Yeah, of course. I mean, especially he's he's an exciting player as well burst onto the scene and give you some pace and it kind of adrenaline and pick pick up your team. If things aren't going well, he's the kind of player who'll grab you by the neck and be like, come on. Yeah. I'd say... He did that the Euros, didn't he? Yeah. I'd say Lingard's also in that same sort of, same sort of vein. It's exciting. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think the thing about Lingard as well that I quite like is he's someone who'll be really good on the ball. Or Actually, no, to be fair, he's really good on the ball, but I think he's better off the ball and I think that's something that's kind of good about him as well like he's kind of like Lalana in that in that regard yeah uh, generally just sort of knows where to be at you know when trying to press and defend and also in terms of getting into good positions where he can attack he, yeah. he is generally very good at getting himself in great positions no doubt yeah. about that plus we have an advantage whenever we play at Wembley yeah that that <laughs> <laughs> yeah he loves a goal at Wembley doesn't he, he? does love a goal at Wembley <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I'm trying to think, uh, Michael Keane was an inclusion that needed to happen at some point, so I'm, I'm happy that that happened this time around. Yeah, absolutely. Another one from the under-21s. Deserved as well, actually. Yeah, Very definitely. I think the the good thing about Southgate being appointed is, in a similar t- way to what Germany did, kind of with, with, uh, Lowe and, I think, Klinsmann before that. Yeah. They've, they've got people who will, you know, they've had under twenty one experience and they've got 
the staff will then bring the players through into the senior team. So it's a progression rather than in what many ways over the time with England has sort of been, oh, you're doing well, you can just skip that bit. <laughs> um, I mean, there I don't know if that though, as well. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, so I think if England are looking at going in that direction, it's going to be good because you know Ward, Prowse, Redmond, Keane, Dyer, they've all played together at that level at the younger younger level and done really well together as well. Yeah, no doubt about that. So yeah, hopefully that will that will bode well for England's future. Sure. Um, obviously there were quite a few people left out due to injury. Are there any particular names that you'd like to see feature more prominently when they return? Harry Kane, Jordan Henderson, Jack Butland and Danny Rose. I almost sounded prepared for that answer. Almost. <laughs> almost. Yeah. I think those four are the, the best players who are missing, unless I'm missing someone obvious. Uh, Which I don't think I am. Daniel Sturridge, I think, is also probably somebody that you'd want to see. Um, You say that. I don't know if Harry Kane's better than him. I don't think there's any question about that. I'm I'm not doubting Harry Kane, but I'd, I'd I'll... certainly rather have Sturridge than both Defoe and Vardy. Not to make, you know, not to say that they aren't good in their own right, but Sturridge obviously being younger. I'd I'd agree with that to an extent. I think Welbeck, when he's fit, I'd rather have. I think, I think my my front four, if I was gonna pick from a fully fit bunch of England attackers. The ones I'd pick would probably be Kane, Welbeck, Walcott, and Rashford. Unless I'm missing someone again. Let's assume for argument's sake that you're not. Yes. <laughs> Otherwise yes, that... we could be thinking for a very long time. <laughs> that is possible. Um, yeah. Andy Cowell was one we were talking about earlier, but if England are going to play on the front foot, I don't think he's exactly the kind of player that would, would be helpful. Well, unless he scores bicycle kicks every single week, like he did earlier on in the season, I wouldn't exactly call him an exciting player to watch. Ah, he'll get pulled up for a high boot every game. Yeah. And then he'll get injured. Yeah. <laughs> Thus is the life of Carroll. Yeah. yeah. Um, what did you think of the game against Germany? I thought England were very good. Um, you Speaking about Lingard being very good off the ball, I thought England were very good off the ball for 90 minutes. I I would agree. Yeah. Um yeah, England definitely on the front foot. Probably prob I say probably definitely should have won. Based yeah. on the chances that were had. Ali's chance should absolutely have hit the back of the net. Yeah, there was Lalana's as well. Mm -hmm. Hit the post. Um Who else had a good chance? Someone forced the save from to Stegen at some point as well. There was a fairly good chance. Someone. Expert analysis there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, cutting edge reporting. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Don't bother with match of the day, guys. <laughs> just, just come here, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, we don't always put ourselves down. No, not at all. No. Um, Podolski's long shot, boom. I mean, what 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 more needs to be said? That yeah. that's one hell of a way to cap off your international career. Cap yeah. off your international career. Sorry. Ah, uh, oh no. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> his hundred and thirtieth cap and his final cap. He was captain. <laughs> I did oh, it too. 
<laughs> what has this become? Well, uh, I was I was I was hoping I could make a pun out of Tinker Talk, but I don't think I can. Please no. don't try. No, I won't. Um, but yeah, he was uh, he was wonderful. Yeah, he was captivating. Um, well, I hope you've enjoyed this eight-minute podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the puns will slow down, I promise. Um, I think that one capped it off. All right, that's it. Yeah, no I killed it. No that's more. Good. No more. No, no more. more. Um, back on track. <laughs> um, yeah, Podolski, obviously a legend for Germany, and he's going to Japan at the end of the season. So, hmm. if we do another repeat of talking about players who've gone to places to try and boost that country's profile, then maybe he'll be one of them next time. Maybe. Let's hope so. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of Germany's youngsters? Ooh. I liked them. It wasn't and... necessarily the best performance by all of them. Well, I mean, Sane was exciting, but I mean, it wasn't necessarily like a great performance by any mm-hmm. of them. But having seen a lot of them actually play for their club, I, I liked them regardless. Um, yes. Yeah, it's, it's nice seeing um, kind of Kimmich, Weigl, Sane, Werner. Ran all in the same team. Yeah, I mean it's definitely an experimental German G- Germany eleven. Yeah, and they they still won. To be honest, without really getting out of first gear. Yeah. Which I mean, I don't know about. Do you think that'll be of concern to Southgate that England could put put in a really good performance and still come away without a goal and a loss? Well, I mean that's been England all over for how many years now? Um, since I've been watching them, definitely. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't think a loss against Germany will concern Southgate as much as a loss against a much smaller team that may potentially happen in the future. Yeah, we'll see what happens against Lithuania on Sunday. Yeah. That um, would be embarrassing. It would. It would. But um, I th- I think if England put in performances like that against Lithuania with a bit more cutting edge going forward, then that'd be fine. One thing we haven't touched on, which I'm kind of surprised by. Right. Formation change. Yeah. Um. 3-4-3. Three, three. We were talking before the game about the starting 11s that we might pick. And this is brilliant. We, 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 we said to each other, um, let's be realistic with the formation that will probably be picked. And you were sort of adamant that it would be a 4-2-3-1. Yeah, and I, I was I was more just adamant that it would be a fallback, and 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 then we were wrong. Yeah, it's a little bit irritating because before you said be realistic, mm-hmm. I was like, you asked me what team I'd pick. I was thinking, okay, well, I, I like the idea of you know Stones, Smalling, and Cahill at the back, and then and then it was like be realistic. I was like, yeah, England not going to play a three back. That's not happening. And then England played a three back. Yeah, and um. By and large, I think it was a good call. I mean, I can't remember Germany having a, a... When I say a chance, I know they scored, but I can't remember them having an actual chance. No, I don't think there was a single clear-cut chance for Germany. Oh, actually, save save that Sane effort where Hart made a really, really good save. Down to his bottom left. Mm. Um, but yeah, England, England were in control of the game, and then 
Goldie Poldy Hallelujah. Fine. <laughs> that's, that's good chant. Yeah. <laughs> Shame the Germans aren't going to be singing it for their international games anymore. No. Um. No, they're not. <laughs> it'd be uh, it'd be good if England had a a player like Podolski though, who's capable of playing 130 games for us, and keep at a fairly consistent level. Yeah. As opposed to just, you know, Wayne Rooney. Yeah. Um. Do you see any players coming through at the moment that you think might be able to replicate Podolski's achievements with Germany, except for, well, England? Um, I think that depends a lot on how certain players develop. I could see it happening for Sterling if he stays relatively injury-free. Um, and if he, you know, keeps performing for City. I, th- I think he's probably the, the the number one player I'd get. Kane as well, I suppose. But uh. I'm I f- find it a bit I find it interesting you went with um, Sterling, considering one of his primary assets is kind of his pace. And uh, do, do you think he has enough about him without pace to have that prolonged international career? Um, I think so. On the basis that he's one of those players where England are and. Not to sound like I'm discrediting Sterling, but it's, it's, he, he's the kind of player that England don't have. Okay. He's very quick. He can get in behind. He's pretty good on the ball. Um, and there's, England just don't have that many wingers like that. England don't really have any wingers. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, we said that before. Sterling Townsend. Who else is there? Yeah. Uh, we had Sahar for a little bit, but then we didn't want him. Now Ivory Coast have him. Yeah. Uh, other than that, there's not really anyone to shout about. Chamberlain is a or has been a winger, but whether or not he'll continue being that way, Walcott as well. Yeah, but again, another he's another one. Mm-hmm. And 130 games, I think, will be well, depending on which way you want to look at it. Lucky for him yeah. to do that. <laughs> yeah, he'd have to be fairly fortunate. Um, well, yeah. He'd have I to get selected. Yeah, that would help. <laughs> um, I think I'm not sure how many Joe Hart's on now. I think he's he's on about seventy. Um, not quite as exciting of a player as Podolski. No. Uh, but but I think he's one who could kind of get his caps up a bit if he keeps being trusted by the managers. That was not a shot. Ooh. Just to clarify, I'm sure he'd say that anyway. Sorry. Um, Where's this? This is <laughs> too many puns. Yeah, just a few. Yeah. Um, what would your England starting lineup look like if everyone was fit? <sighs> Doing a fantasy eleven now. Right. Sure. Um, Put you on the spot. Sure. Uh, I I'd stick Butland in now. Mm-hmm. Um. On the basis that I think long term he's the keeper that England should be going with. I think Joe Hart's lack of consistent form has kind of shown over the last few years now. And mm-hmm. Butland for Stoke has just been very, very good. I agree. So, so I think that's that's that. Um 
Walker and Danny Rose for me are definitely the fullbacks of choice. Mm-hmm. And as much as I've said off podcast before that he really irritates me, Stones <laughs> <laughs> and Chris Smalling are probably the two centre-backs I go with. Although I did like the look of King for the game against Germany. Uh-huh. So that's the back four. Um, Dyer ahead of them. Barkley and Lalana in the centre. Okay. Sterling out right. Rashford out left. Kane up front. Come for a very um, De Bruyne Silva esque partnership in the middle there. Well. You may say I'm a dreamer, but I'm not sorry. For well. copyrights, rude. <laughs> no, it's... A... <laughs> Whatever. We do not own the rights to that song. We were merely quoting it for a review. <laughs> it's a good song. There we go. Done. Great. Got got out of that one. Great. <laughs> um, would that be like a 4141, 433? Uh, it, it could be... A lot of things, if I'm honest. You could play either Bar- well, you could probably play Barkley a little bit deeper, it could be a four two three one. Okay. You could stick Dyer in the you know, centre of defence and play a three or five back. Do a number of things with it. Yeah. Um I think I would disagree with some of that lineup. Um right. I think I would have Butland, Walker, Stones, Smalling, Rose. It sounds like I'm disagreeing with a lot, Dyer. Yeah. Um Sterling. <laughs> Come on. Then I'd probably Where have... Where have I gone wrong? Then I'd probably have <laughs> Henderson and Lalana. Right. Um, And then maybe Ali out left, and then Kane through the middle. Because I think that Ali, in his time at Tottenham, has kind of proven how effective he is on the front foot, pressing, closing down, and he scores quite a few goals as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Henderson has more discipline than Barkley. So if you wanted to go to a three-back or a five-back and put Dyer back between the two centre-backs, spread them out, Henderson and Lalana, I feel like, would have the work rate and the ethic to make up for the kind of... You'd probably be out- outnumbered in the middle. But if you've got the players that work hard enough, it doesn't matter with a 3-4-3. Three, three. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's why I go with Henderson over Barkley. As for... Kane speaks for himself. I don't know why I mentioned Kane because you had Kane. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rashford, I think, is not quite the finished product yet. Which I... is why he wouldn't be in mine straight away anyway. I get that. I get that. I think he's... Not to say that he's more exciting than Ali because that's very unfair to Ali. Yeah, I've never seen Rashford do a scoop turn. No. <laughs> but... Especially in games where England and Man United aren't on the front foot, I find he's always a really, really bright spark. Always wants to go forward. And he's just the kind of player that I think fans can get behind even when the team aren't performing particularly well. It's funny because I agree in some ways, but I also disagree in that that's when he's at his best. I think you said that, right? Um, or something along those lines. It, it It's when his performances, I think, are most notable. Not okay. necessarily when he's at his best. I think Rashford is 
when he's introduced when you're against a team that's being difficult to break down mm-hmm. is when he impresses me the most. So if you think back to Iceland. Can we not? Eng- no, go on. England <laughs> would drab until Rashford came on and then he really kind of grabbed the game by the you know, scruff of the neck and almost dragged us back into it. Right. I think that's probably when he's, for me, that's when he's at his most impressive. Okay. Um, I mean, yeah, I think Southgate, yeah, he's making a good impression. Uh, and I only brought that up so I could transition to his former team, Middlesbrough. Ooh, yeah. Who sacked Ita Karanka. They did. What are your thoughts? Middlesbrough are currently 19th in the table with a very, very poor scoring record. Mm -hmm. I don't think that much more needs to be said to justify sacking the manager at this point in the season. See, it's funny because I, again, and, and this makes for a great podcast, I disagree with you. Oh, great. Talk to me. I think... And I can't believe I'm going to say this. I agree with Mourinho's comments regarding the whole situation. Um, I don't know if you saw them. Enlighten me. After, oh no, before the game against Middlesbrough, he was asked whether he thought Karenka had been fairly sacked or if it was deserved. And he said, of course he deserves to be sacked. You know, he came here, first season, Middlesbrough looked like they were going down. He saved them. Second season, he got them to the playoff final and they lost. Third season, he got automatic promotion. So, of course, in the fourth season, he deserves to be sacked. Little hint of flippancy there. Just a tad. Um, mm. I mean, they are good friends, obviously. Yeah. Uh, from their time at Madrid. I I actually agree with Mourinho. I think Karenka's done a wonderful job at Middlesbrough. Um, I think with the squad he has, it's not one of the best ones in the league. I, I think he's done very, very well to make them a solid unit defensively. Mm-hmm. And if if they got relegated again, and they went to the championship and had the money from this Premier League season to spend to enforce their attack, make their attack better, make them look more of a threat going forward, as well as the defence he currently has, I think he'd bring them back up, no question. And I reckon they could they could stay in the Premier League next time around. It's a bit like when Burnley went down with Sean Dyke; they stuck with him, and now they're back and they're better. I think that's a situation the Middlesbrough could have had and have thrown away. I would disagree in the sense where I I think the difference between Burnley and Middlesbrough is that Burnley, whilst they didn't score much, never looked as though they wouldn't score in a lot of their games. Middlesbrough are an incredibly good unit defensively, but going forward, they're almost like a nothing team, I find, when I'm watching them. And I never really felt that way about Burnley. I think, with with regards to Middlesbrough, mm-hmm. they've got Adama Traore, who is a very exciting player, but hasn't... He's uh, speaking about finished articles, he's not anywhere near that. He's not really got a final product. No. Or an end product is the, the word. Mm-hmm. Um, but he is an exciting talent. There's a reason why Chelsea are interested in him. Right. Um, Negredo looks like a decent signing at the beginning of the season. Hasn't really worked out for them. Yeah. Uh, Rudy Gestead, I don't understand personally. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so in in the kind of final third, maybe they haven't quite gotten it right in terms of the personnel in there. Uh, I don't think they gave Jordan Rhodes a fair shot. I, I, I'd agree with that. Uh, but I, yeah, I. If you look at them in kind of the further back areas of the pitch, I think Valdez is a good goalkeeper. I think yeah. Gibson's a good centre back. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think that I'm a big fan of Martin Derone. Sure. I just think it's maybe. I don't know if it's maybe that they don't spend enough time working on the the final kind of part of the the their game plan or what. But I think if they had that's something. You know, I think Ramirez missed quite a bit of the season. If I'm if I'm correct, and he had a falling out with Karenka. Right. I think they missed him. But no, I just. I suppose it depends on what you want, because no one's going to keep them up now, I don't think. I, d- I don't know if you'd agree with that or not. Um, I, I understand that view, and I, I'm, I'm honestly not sure whether I agree with it or not, but I do think it's easier to give a team more freedom than it is to fix them defensively. And where defence is definitely the problem for the team surrounding them, it's definitely not the problem for Middlesbrough. So, so long as they get a bit more, I guess, freedom in their attack, I would think that they could probably be okay if uh, there's a manager out there who's going to give it to them. I mean, it looks like they're going to stick with Agnew, who's the assistant manager. Mm-hmm. Um, it's working for Leicester, I guess. It's not uh, quite the same situation, let's be honest. No, that is true. They don't have anyone who won the league last season. No. I probably got that completely wrong. Watch, watch. I'll find out they've signed someone from Leicester later that I've forgotten about. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be typical, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, I, I think Middlesbrough will go down and I think they'll struggle to get a manager who I personally think is as good as Karenka. Uh, I think you put Karenka in a mid-table team, he'll do a very, very good job there. I I don't think that's unfair. I just I th- I think too much emphasis was placed on getting a good defense, and when you're not scoring, that's a problem. That's that's probably fair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, that's definitely fair. Uh, I think don't really have much more to say on that matter. No, but speaking of managers who are. Under pressure? It's not really true. Karanka's already gone. Um, that was a perfectly smooth transition. Yeah, well, you know, we're running with it. Um, <laughs> two banners flying over the Hawthorns the weekend. Yeah, uh, Fenger's future's uh, up in the air. No. <laughs> no. Yes. <laughs> well, you didn't like that one. I've been sitting on that one all week. Sure. Anyway, um, of course, one banner saying that Wenger is time to go. One saying, in Wenger we trust. You know, stuff we've all heard before. Yeah, it's um, it's not exactly like they're coming up with new slogans. No, no, but just new methods, I guess, of um, viewing their, um, voicing their opinion. I mean, that's not even true. There's been planes before, or a plane before, I believe. I can't remember what game it was. Over the Emirates, was, but... yeah. Was it over the Emirates? I believe so. Oh, okay. Maybe it's cheaper in the Midlands. 
what was your I mean, we've talked about it before, but what do you think about the whole hiring a plane to take your banner over a stadium during a match? Um, I mean, I think it's silly, but, you know, to say it's wrong is probably just a little bit, you know. I don't know. Wrong? (laughs) I don't... (laughs) I I don't know. Is it wrong to voice your... I mean, it doesn't really matter how you do it. the, The message is... Venga, please leave. In a slightly more aggressive way about it, in some cases, but um, at the end of the day, you're just voicing the displeasure of the manager. And but at the same time, there was people doing the exact opposite. True. Um, I think, like, I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's like a number of people who would say that that's, you know, really admirable from, you know, the supporters of Arsene Wenger. Because, again, he's a club legend for Arsenal. There's no doubt about that. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. To show show that kind of support in, let's be honest, a borderline crisis season for Arsenal. Yeah. Um, that, That in and of itself, I think, is quite admirable. That being said... It's probably not going to change anything at this point. No, especially considering he's now made his decision. And you'd imagine that that would have been done before the West Brom game. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you think it's right that he he's the one deciding his own future? Um, I think when you've done so much for a club... I I think it's more right for him than it would be for anybody else, barring you know someone like Ferguson back sure. in the day. Um, I mean, who else realistically at this point is going to decide his future? I don't know. Do, do, you, do you mean who's going to decide Wenger's future? I mean, you know, the obvious answer is the the chairman and the, the owners. But yeah. I mean, from a sheer business standpoint. Wenger's about the best manager they could ever get, really. Oh, you mean in terms of financially for them yeah. in their pockets? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with that. So, and, you know, there's the argument of whether that's right or wrong. And football purists are always going to say that that's wrong, and fair enough. But um, they're not going to make that decision. So, whether that's right or wrong, that's the way that it is. I think Wenger just needs to do what's right by the fans now. Mm-hmm. And regardless of whether he believes that's in or out, I do think that his decision should be based on fan support more than anything else now. I have heard, I don't know how accurate it is, that within Arsenal they believed it is a fairly even split among the fans between wanting him to stay and wanting him to go. Mm-hmm. If that's the case, do you think that he should be thinking, okay, I I should go because half the people want me to, or I should stay because half the people want me to? Or do you think the fans' opinion will, will enter his mind? Um, right, well, that's two separate questions. I'll answer the first question. I think it should be, this is dividing our own fan base. That's not good for this club. I should leave. If 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 that's any sort of 
you know, I mean, obviously there's more to it than that, but obviously the fan base is divided because half of them don't think that the club are achieving well as well as they should be, which I don't think is unfair. Um, but do I think it enters his mind? I mean, pure speculation. I think probably not. I think Veng is more concerned with winning games and potentially winning things like the FA Cup this year, Champions League qualification. I think they're all more important to Arsenal Wenger than the fans. I don't want to sound too cynical, but just the way I think it is. Just just clarify what I meant by that question. I mean, do you think when he's deciding or decided what he's going to do about signing a new deal or not? There's a lot of reports he's going to sign a new one-year deal. There's a lot of reports he's leaving. Mm-hmm. But do you think when he's making or when he's made his decisions decision the fans' opinions will have come into his thought process or will come into his thought process? Um I mean I suspect it they'll have come into his thought process, but I don't think they're a major factor. Okay. As opposed to how he thinks the club can progress with him. Um and how, how much he thinks he has left. I mean you'd assume he thinks he has quite a lot left. I don't think he'd be saying the things that he has said over the last number of years he didn't but that being said how much does he have left for Arsenal how much more can he do with Arsenal I think that's the question realistically that he's probably asking himself yeah I'd agree there is the argument and it's one that I understand it would annoy me a bit but I would understand it that if he signs a new one-year deal that gives Arsenal plenty of time to plan a succession which it Man United, for example, didn't have and they got it horribly wrong. Sure. Do you think Arsenal have the right people to say, this is what we're going to do, and to get it right? At the moment, probably not. But with Wenger having been in his last year of the contract for a while now, I think it was... I think it's probably quite dumb that they haven't. I think they definitely should have been sounding out kind of successes over the course of this year, like would you be interested kind of getting a idea of who would like to manage Arsenal? Yeah. I mean, especially with the Wenger in, Wenger out conversation being had for so long now. Definitely. I mean, the simple fact that, you know, the board, Wenger himself, have had so many questions over the last number of years. You'd think, they'd, you'd think that they should have had a plan in place, whether they do or they don't. Because in reality, they, they might. We just don't know. That's true. Um, I just hope for the sake of Arsenal Football Club that they make the right decision whatever that decision happens to be This is a a pretty difficult question to answer but do you think there's any likelihood of them going the kind of way of for example Liverpool have done in terms of competing in the Premier League and just dropping off completely Um, Well I mean in fairness Liverpool came back without dropping off too far um but i'm assuming that your question was more based on just dropping out the top four and generally just fighting in the sort of fifth sixth and seventh area for a few years yeah the the kind of thing that happened to liverpool for for a, not a overly long period but a, a while and a period. the kind of thing that happened to man united or has happened to man united sure. for a little while um possibly but i think that that's also down to the sheer level of competition that there is now for the higher places in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. You know, back when Liverpool were 
falling out of the top four. There were less teams. You know, Tottenham weren't really in the equation at the time. City were only just becoming coming into the equation. So, you know, it wasn't as much competition as you do now when you've got these teams all competing for top four. And you've actually got teams underneath, like, you know, Everton, Southampton, West Brom this season, albeit that probably is just a one-season thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's 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 a more congested area of the table now, and I could see Arsenal being there if the right decisions aren't made. Yeah. Okay. Um. I mean, you think he'll go at the end of the season? I think he'll probably stay for another year. Yeah, I think. I don't think Wenger would say something like he's made his decision and will announce it very soon if he was staying. Because, you know, in the past he's just signed the new contract and that's been that. Um, I mean, that is that is true. Mm-hmm. But if he was going to leave, then why... Would he not go about it the way that Enrique has, for example? Because Enrique saw a quick upturn in results when he announced he was leaving. Why would Wenger delay that much, having seen that? Why do you think, anyway? Obviously, on I mean, him. you can't guarantee a big upturn in results after stating that you're going to leave at the end of the season. It didn't happen for Pellegrini, to be fair. That that is true, you know that 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 kind of thing can go either way. Um, I think I think the difference there though is that that wasn't someone who's been majorly successful at the club taking the front step and announcing that they're leaving. When Pellegrini announced he was leaving, that was because the big news was coming moments later that yeah, the Guardiola Guardiola would be taking over. Mm-hmm. So the upturn in results maybe isn't as you know, there's like Wenger showed a lot of loyalty in some of the Arsenal players. So the idea, or at least what I would think, would be that he announces he's leaving, they show back some of that faith and loyalty and you know, give him a respectable finish to his time at Arsenal. Fair. Then I mean, I don't think personally that it takes a. You know, I don't think it takes him leaving for the players to do that. I do just think the players are just flat out underperforming for whatever reason. I do agree with that as well. Uh, don't, I, don't, I don't think it would be right for a huge upswing in results to be down to that, personally. No, I, I agree again. I just think maybe that as a bit of motivation might be a bit bit helpful to Arsenal's situation. Mm. In, in the last few minutes anyway, we've uh, talked about Man City and Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Can you guess where I'm going with that? You're going to talk about their 1-1 draw? They played? No, I'm what? joking. Yes, I'm, I'm going to talk about their 1-1 draw. What do you think of the game? Um, It had a lot of interesting moments. Um, I seem to remember when we spoke about the game afterwards that you thought it was an incredibly good game. Yeah, I thought it was really entertaining. Lots of chances. Um, could have finished with any scoreline. Yeah. Um I remember when watching the game I was very impressed with Sane, as I have been a lot over the last 
number of weeks. I and, think Sane's all right. Yeah, and and you have too. <laughs> um, but I've also been, and this is linking back to something I said earlier. I've been very aggravated by Stones, and even more so by Aguero. Okay. Um, I'll talk about Stones first because I think my issue with Stones is that. It seems as though he dwells on the ball before making passes far too often. And when you're a team like City, who are very quick, very high tempo, and despite being very sort of short passing for the most part, they are very direct. And I don't think dwelling on the ball helps with that. Okay. Um, we discussed this. But I don't think, I think he can at times take too long, but he also recently has become more of an organizer for the kind of movement and positioning that City players take up before he passes. Mm-hmm. Um, and the players do seem to trust him as well. Yeah. To to find them, and I think that's prob- that's that's invaluable for a team like, you know, Guardiola team. I, I would agree. Um, and again, I've I've not said that I think Stones has been particularly bad. He's just been aggravating to watch. Um, because a number of times in that particular game, he'd dribble forward to the halfway line, or there or thereabouts, and then pass it sideways to, I think, the Sanya. When the pass to Sanya could have just been made four touches earlier, and that just be that. And it... it, it looks indecisive from my perspective and sure it might be a case of okay he's you know trying to organize the players and where to go but you don't necessarily see that what you see is somebody stepping forward four touches and then passing it back to Sanya do you know what I mean um yeah but if him going forward those touches pushes Liverpool back a bit then there's benefit there that's fair, but and and again, I remember this happening like in the eighty fifth minute, for example, when City could really ju- could just do it going forward as quickly as possible. Um, like I said, it's 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 infuriating to see when such an attacking team um slows down as much as it appears that they do when Stones is on the ball sometimes. I I. I understand i don't completely agree that's fair that's fine what about aguero oh my god he just well that sums that up (laughs) (laughs) if aguero finished off half the chances half the clear-cut chances that he gets city would still be within strong contention for the title would anyone else get into as many clear-cut chances as he does um, at the beginning of the season, and maybe up until this, you know, Sterling and Sane on the wing partnership. I don't know if you call that a partnership, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, prior to those two being the sort of wingers in the front three, I probably would have said no. But Sterling and Sane, Sane especially, is creating so much that That's true. 
it could have it could be Aguero, it could be Jesus, I know he's injured at the moment, it could be he and Accio. I think I think anyone in that role now would be getting a considerable number of chances. And Aguero's just not putting anywhere near enough of them away. I I understand that to an extent. I do think Aguero recently has been working a lot harder. Um and I I actually think his performance has improved as this season's gone on. Uh so again, it's another one I understand where you're coming from, but I, I, I don't share the same opinion with you. That that's fair, but I think when and not to say that he hasn't been working harder, I, I, I do agree on that front, but his job primarily will be to score goals and whilst I'm not saying, you know, he's not scoring or he's not scoring enough for the chances he gets. And whether you're working harder or not, that shouldn't go. That shouldn't go from your game just because you're working harder. Um, I mean, I, I don't... In the Liverpool game, particularly, I think he did miss one really good chance, but the rest of, I think Liverpool defended quite well for the most part and made it difficult for him. Um, and he did score as well. He did score one of his <laughs> he did chances. Score. He did score. But... So I think, I think maybe it's a bit... A bit harsh. Sure. I mean, obviously he's a fantastic striker. He's... Am I gonna say, am I gonna say the sentence? Yeah, I think he's probably, with with little doubt, the best striker in the Premier League. Ooh. Sorry, Ibrahimovic fans. Yeah. Um, I think I, the I, argument I, could be made for Kane as well. But yeah, I mean, I think I think Aguero is a better player, if nothing else. I, I I would agree he's better player. But um you know, when 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 Aguero has been known to be one of the most clinical strikers in the league, and I think his goals per ninety minutes ratio is up there with the best. Yeah, it's one of it's one of the best, yeah. Um It's it's infuriating to see and I'm not just talking about the Liverpool game, because there have been other games in which I've seen Aguero this season. Um where there have been a number of chances that he hasn't scored, and it's just like, well, if your if your goals per game ratio is as high as it is, then why isn't it even higher? I I get that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I yeah, I think Aguero is, I think it's a slightly difficult one to for me to criticize anyway. Personally, I think I think he's just just a wonderful wonderful player. So I think finding him. What was the word you used earlier? Frustrating. Frustrating. Aggravating. I, I, Something like that. Annoying. Yeah, I don't... Don't see eye to eye. I get where you're coming from, but I just don't... Don't agree completely. I did I have th- a question for you regarding City-Liverpool. Right. Um, Which is, who do you think's in... Looking in better shape ahead of next season? Because neither of them are going to gonna win the league this season. It's gone. But uh, who who do you think's in better shape? I agree. Um, City. Okay. Um, because <laughs> I don't want to say because they are and be flippant about it, but they are. Um, Could... Can you elaborate on why at all? <laughs> Silver, De Bruyne, Aguero, Sterling, Sane. 
That's as good an answer as I need. Yeah. Uh, I am. They're going to they're gonna go a bit big again in the summer as well. Yeah, you, you would think so. Um, City have things that they need to improve on, absolutely. But that front five, as a unit, is the best front five in the league by a considerable margin, I think. Uh, it's terrifying. I I agree. As as just an attacking threat, purely it mm. is very scary. Yeah. Um, I think that about wraps up Man City Liverpool as well. Yeah. Which means it's time for our favourite part of the show. <laughs> the show. <laughs> all right, cool. So we we've we've got to make it sound authentic. Yeah. All right. Cool. Sweet. And you can go first this time. Oh, brilliant. Well, my question relates back to our discussion about Middlesbrough earlier. Okay. Um, Middlesbrough being in 19th, looking like they're going to go down, yet having one of the best defensive records in the league. Oh, I already know this question is going to hurt. Continue. Which team, in the season in which they got relegated, conceded the least goals ever in the Premier League. So I'm looking for the best team defensively that's ever gone down. Yeah. Ay, 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 ay. Oh, that's a nasty one. Um, Burnley? When they got relegated a couple of seasons back? No. <laughs> that was a long pause. I was like, I was, I was thinking you were there. Like, how did he get that so quickly? Uh, uh-huh. yeah. Um, I'm gonna quickly just get the number of goals that they went down on up okay. now. Um, but the answer is Blackburn in 2005 to 2006. They went down on 50 goals conceded. Oh, Middlesbrough are gonna beat that then, aren't they? Uh, Where they're going, probably. You would think so. You would definitely oh. think so. Okay. I um, I mean, I actually have two questions for you. Right. Uh, one of which I had planned earlier, and that's fine. The other one you actually gave me the idea for a moment ago. Okay. So I'll start with the one that you gave me the idea for a moment ago. Right. When you mentioned about Aguero having the best goals per minute. Mm-hmm. Which he does. Uh, Thierry Henry being second. Mm-hmm. Which current League One, meaning English League One striker, is third on the goals per minute in Premier League history? Currently in League One. Yes. So they're third in. Do Bolton play in League One? They do. What are you thinking? I I I I just don't want to sound like a fool in case he does not he's not there anymore. Who are you thinking of? Not Heskey. It's not Heskey. Is it Good Johnson? 
It's not good Johnson either. Um, ah. When you mentioned Bolton, mm-hmm. I did actually get a bit concerned for a moment because he currently plays for Bolton on loan. Oh. Um, Adam Lafondre. Oh. Is is third. Uh, <laughs> only played one season mm-hmm. with Reading in the Premier League, but he's he's third on the goals per minute. That's that's quite funny. Hmm. The original question I came up with. Right. Was, so I can still win this. Um, I mean, no, because I'm stubborn. But oh come on, this is at least half a point. You <laughs> didn't even get one. All right, all right. <laughs> um, which club has had the most English internationals playing for them? As in, they've been called up while playing for this club. Ever. Ever. So, ever in total? Yes. Just to clarify, I don't mean when they're called up for the first time. I just mean that they've been called up while at this club. Mm. Um... I'm afraid that's not a club. <laughs> Manchester United. Well, um, I'm a bit disappointed. Because that is wrong. Oh. Dun, dun, dun. Can, I, can I have one more guess? Not you can, m- but it won't count for anything. Not, not that it will count for anything. Because it, it was the first club I thought of when you initially asked the question, and then I asked for clarification on what the question was. I'm listening. West Ham United. Oh, you shouldn't have gone with them either. Ah, okay. Cool. <laughs> I tried That's to make it sound like you should have gone with them to begin yeah, with. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I, it I, is, I however, that. a London team. Do you, do you want to have a guess from that information? Well, I mean, if I'm honest, I would have, like... Like, my next three guesses would have been between Arsenal, Tottenham, and Chelsea. Um, Which one are you going for? Not Chelsea, because I... I, I no. Okay. Uh, I'm not Arsenal. How oh dare. Oh, God, was it Tottenham? It was Tottenham. Oh. Yeah, Tottenham have had the most players called up to the England squad while they played for Tottenham. Right. Now, I mean, technically, since you got two wrong and I only got one wrong, that means I win this week. Um, there's, there's, no, there's no, a, no, 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 no. <laughs> you, 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 you lost the list, <laughs> which means I win. <laughs> no, <laughs> I am victorious. I have been Matthew David. <laughs> this has been Josh Andrews. Your your logic is bad. wonderful. You're right. It's wonderful. I hope uh, you've enjoyed listening to Tinker Talk this week. I've been Matthew David. This has been Josh Andrews. You've said um, this already. <laughs> I've been Matthew David. This has been Josh Andrews. He's going to let me finish this time. <laughs> nope. Sore loser. Anyway, I hope you've enjoyed listening. Uh, be sure to like the video if you've enjoyed it. Leave us some comments. Tell us what you think. Uh, like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Listen to us on SoundCloud. And just enjoy our loveliness. And we shall see you next time. Peace. Bye. Bye.